Well, we're in 2 Timothy. Open up your Bibles in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And it's so important to know that as we go through the Bible, we're just going verse by verse. And as we do, we're discovering really the heart of what the message of God has for Sarah Mesa Christian Fellowship for believers today. And we're going to be talking about the last days because we are living in these last days. And then we're going to define what these last days mean. But here in 2 Timothy, as we see, well, the, the message, how many of you have your notes with you? Raise your hand. If you don't have notes, raise your hand because we want to get you some notes. Raise your hand. We got, Craig, we have a few people with their hands raised that don't have notes. And I want you to be able to follow along, fill in the blanks, so that way it'll make it a little clearer for you. But Timothy was a young pastor in the church of Ephesus, and Paul is writing this letter to this young pastor and how to live for Christ in dark times and troubling times. Because at that time, to be a Christian was not a popular thing. It was something that you could lose your life for being a Christian. And because the Roman government was prevailing and, and anybody that opposed any Roman law would be persecuted and would be condemned to death. So here, this passage here, and this is so important, is to be firm in Christ in these last days. What God is saying is for you, Sarah Mesa Christian Fellowship, believers, stand firm in Christ in these last days. So what does that mean to stand firm? But that's what we're going to look at here and how to oppose those who try to mislead you from Christ. Let's read this first verse. Here it says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But know this, say it, read it with me all together. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Very difficult times, perilous times will come. In fact, I'm going to read the whole passage uh, here if you, and uh, look in your Bible with me. In verse 2, it says, For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Whoa, how many of you have a problem with loving money? Okay, some, you know, it would be great to have a few more dollars. Somebody this morning told me they had $2 in their pocket. And I said, well, that's more than I have. I had pulled out two Kleenex, and I was like, okay, that's... Johnny, you got two deuces. I have, I have got nothing. And, you know, so what you... Was that Johnny? Where's Johnny Savello? Okay, he's not here. Okay. Oh, he's downstairs eating. But he had two, two dollars. And, and here, the scripture is saying is that men will, not talking about Johnny, but men, are, men will be lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders. Whoa, this is really getting bad, right? Uh, they will be uh, blasphemer or uh, bla uh, lovers of uh, uh, get lost or slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. Verse four: traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. For of this sort are the those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. But as Janus and Jambers resisted Moses, so do these who also resist the truth. 
men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all as their sins was also. Now here we have a whole lineup of terrible things, terrible uh, characteristics of people in these last days. And I know that in Scripture what we're learning and what Paul has been giving to Timothy are all of these warnings in First and Second Timothy and, and bad stuff that's going to happen to the church. And in fact, I think we, as we've been preaching this, we've all been getting this, well, Pastor Louis, when are we going to get to the good stuff? I mean, all of this head, man, watch out for this and don't do that and, and look out for these people that are really bad. And, and it's like, where, where does the, just living a nice Christian life, where do the roses come in, right? Where, where, where does the sunshine come in in all this? Because it's just, these are dark times. But I think that that's what happens is that when you come to Christ, in fact, when somebody leads you to Christ, say, man, if you accept Jesus, life's going to get better. And, but you know what? Be prepared to stand firm in tough times. And that's what's going to happen because life doesn't get better. But what God promises is that he will help you through the challenges of life to be able to be victorious in Christ because tough times will come. And so here, what happens is that there were false teachers coming into the church, false prophets, and the Bible is saying that false doctrine leads to ungodly living. And that is a terrible thing that happened, is that if you don't have proper theology, it's going to lead to wrong living. This is a real important principle for you to know, that if you misuse the Bible and misread the Bible and, and translate it and use it in an improper way, it's going to lead to destruction. And that's what happened with the Harold Camping and the, the May 21st thing. He was pro preaching false teaching and a false prophet. And it was destructive for people and led many people astray. People lost their homes. People lost their properties. People committed suicide. So false doctrine leads to ungodly living and it leads to destruction. Look what it says in Matthew 24. In fact, keep your finger in, in 2 Timothy, but we're going to look in Matthew chapter 24 right here. And then also in, in 2 Peter. But Jesus here speaks of these last days in Matthew chapter 24 and the difficult times there are going to approach the world because of false teachers and false teaching. Here in verse 1 it says, And when Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple, and Jesus said to them, Do you not see these, all these buildings? These assuredly I say to you, that not one stone shall left be upon another that shall not be thrown down. And now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will all these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. And he's telling them, the disciples, Look, in the last days, people are going to give you a wrong reading of when I will come, and they're going to mislead many people. And so that's why he says, make sure that nobody deceives you about the last days or about my coming. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, or, and will deceive many, and, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, and see that you are not troubled. And all these things must come to pass, and the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom, against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilences 
earthquakes in various places, and all these are the beginning of sorrows. You know what we've seen, and we hear what happened in Joplin, Missouri, tornadoes and and, uh, tsunamis in Japan and uh, terrible earthquakes and, and destruction. But remember that all of those Natural disasters are really birth pangs that are are leading up to Christ's coming. Those are just signs that, Christian, get your life ready. Don't think that you're going to go through life without any all all this time and just uh, singing lullabies and having a great time. There's going to be perilous times. And those are indications for you to be living a holy life and to be telling other people that I am coming and they need to get their life right with God. And so every time there's a natural destruction, natural uh, something that happens that's bad, it's always a time for us to say, I'll be alert. Jesus is coming quickly. What am I doing to get my life right with God? And that's why he says in verse 9, and if you have a red letter Bible, those are the words of Jesus, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to the nations. And then the end will come. You see, the gospel has to go out before the end will come. And everybody has to hear the gospel. I mean, God is sending out the gospel to all the world, and and he's concerned about those people in China. He wants the Chinese to accept Jesus, amen? He wants people in Africa to come to Christ. He wants uh, people in Libya to come to Christ. And so all the, the gospel needs to be preached throughout all the world, and then the end will come. But God isn't finished, and that's the job of the church. That's our job. Is That's why we're here on a Sunday morning, getting the Word of God down, getting strong foundation, getting the theology right, because people are going to try to mislead you. They're going to try to mis- mislead the church. People will even come into the church with deceptive plans. And we, we, met, uh, we met some young men from Korea that uh, were... Uh, Yvonne and I. In fact, they came to our house and, and they sounded really Christian. They were talking Christian, Christian language, talking Christianese and bless you and that, all that, you know, Christianese talk. They were from Korea and they, they gave me some indication, though, that something was not right. But what I found out was that their pastor from Korea is really a cult sending them to the United States to get into churches and to talk with Christians and to mislead weak Christians or people that are very gullible and don't know Christian doctrine to follow this cult. And the cult, I mean, it is really, it teaches that Jesus Christ did not really rise from the dead physically, but only spiritually. And that, so they're, they're, that's one of the essential doctrines of the Christian faith, is the resurrection of Christ. And, and so right away, they, they sound Christian and everything, but I began to probe, began to study them, and these guys really were off. And even some of our Christian friends were saying, hey, these guys are really great, and I had to tell them, they're a cult. Tell them not to come to your house anymore. 
Uh, don't invite them to any function where, because they're really opposed to Jesus Christ if they're teaching wrongly about the resurrection. And so, uh, and it's going to happen. Be very alert and very cued in to what people who may sound like they're Christian, but make sure that you know Scripture. And that's why we're here, to learn the Word of God, right? To learn doctrine to learn the, the, the correct teaching of the word. And that's why in 2 Peter, look with me in 2 Peter. Peter, we love this guy. Here Peter is a man of God, that was just a fisherman, but now he's a theologian. He is somebody that really knows the word of God. He studied the word of God, and he studied the scriptures, the ancient scriptures, and the Holy Spirit spoke through him. And look what it says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, verse 1. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. And there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you in the, in the Christian church, and you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you, with deceptive words for a long time, their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. You see what's happening is that Peter is even saying within the church, among us, we have to be very careful. That's why you as a Christian need to know the Word of God. You need to be memorizing the Word of God. Always have a three-by-five card with you. Write down every day, write down a verse and, and write it and, and out and if you, the greatest way to learn Scripture is really to, to take a three-by-five card, but copy the verse out, for example, that verse we just read, and write it out word for word. And you know what? All of a sudden, you see words emerge that you didn't see before just by reading them. But once you write out the Word of God on a three-by-five card, put it in your pocket, and then study it throughout the day, you will begin to learn the Word of God. I, just, I heard on the news there was a... Uh, it was a Christian radio station, but a girl whose goal was to memorize the whole Bible. Memorize the whole Bible. And she memorized actually five books of the Bible, like Ephesians, uh, Colossians, uh, and, and she went to a, a, a Bible bee. Uh, believe it or not, there's you know, the spelling bees, but she went to a Bible bee. <laughs> and she won the, the first prize, but all day she would be memorizing scripture and getting scripture into her heart and her mind and, 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 and so it can be done but she is somebody that is really committed to say I'm going to learn God's word so a lot of us think well I can't memorize the Bible yes you can and you know what the Bible does it changes your life it, it, it gets you into doctrine it gets you to slow down and to think this is what I need to do and this is what I need to challenge people on because then you know what when you smell bad doctrine. When somebody says something, you say, wait a minute, let me correct you by what Scripture says. And that's what we need to do, is always correcting people that are misleading and bringing people in, because bad doctrine leads to destruction. And so, here, look at, we're going to look at what it says in the last days, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. And the last days is really the period between the first and second coming of Christ. That's what it means. And this is what we're living through is a dispensation right now, even in our Christian life. This period is the last days. We're going through this last times. 
It's a very long period because it have, since the days of Christ. And that's why uh, in Joel uh, chapter 2, verse 28, Peter is quoting from Joel in the book of Acts, verse 17. It says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. So Peter is quoting from the Old Testament. He's quoting Scripture, and he just he's standing up in front of all these people and quoting the Bible, quoting the Old Testament, the prophets. He says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. That's what was happening there at Pentecost. And he says, God, who at various times and various ways spoke in time past, and here in Hebrews, to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. So the last days are really began when Christ, God began to speak through his son, Jesus Christ. And so that's why the word of God, and that's why when Jesus began to speak, when Jesus came upon the earth, that's when the, the era of the last days began until the present time, until he comes, until he returns uh, the second coming. Now here, as we're looking at this word in, uh, in the last days, that there will be perilous times. And the Greek word for perilous is kalepos. Say that with me. Kalepos, which is, means troublesome. It's, it's fierce. It's dangerous. Savage time. And that word, kalepos, is used when there were a couple of uh, demons or a couple of guys in, in, uh, uh, when Jesus went to uh, Gennesaret, this one particular place. These two men came out of their caves and they were demon-filled. And they said, Jesus, what are you trying to do? Are you, you already coming now early? Are you going uh, to come and judge us and, and destroy us now before, before the, the time? Uh, you're, why are you here so early? And he says, and Jesus was going to cast the, cast the, uh, the evil uh, spirits out of these two men. And the, the spirits say, or these demons say, well, cast us into the swine. And so Jesus cast them out the demons, and they went into the swine. And then they went over the cliff, and they drowned. So that's what these two guys were so fierce and so dangerous. And that's the word that is used there for kalepos. And then, for times, it's the word for kairos. And it's not the word for chronos. And there's a couple of words for times. Chronos deals with chronology and, and uh, uh, particular specific times. But here is dealing with seasons of times or epics or particular times, uh, the word for kairos. So what the Bible is saying is that we're going through a season of time here and these seasons of time will come and go and culminate in the Antichrist. So we're going through seasons of time right now. And we're going through these kairoses, these seasons, and they're very, there's times of danger and epics of danger and more fierce times of danger. And what the Bible is warning Timothy, that in his particular time, there's going to be very fierce and very dangerous times for the Christian church. But those times apply to now. And look what it says in 2 Thessalonians, if you would, would read with me, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, you have all the T's together, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, 1 and 2, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 
He says here in verse 2, verse 1, And brethren, now brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ has come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sits as God sits, as God in the temple of, as, as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he has taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie and that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. You see, these are terrible times. I mean, these are an incredibly perilous, dangerous times that the Apostle Paul was writing to Timothy, look out for. But you know what? Sarah Mesa Christian Fellowship, these are perilous times today. Very difficult times and very dangerous times because people want to bring deception into the church and false teaching. And we, as the, as, the, as the people of God, need to stand on the truth and know the truth and work hard at, at getting into the Word of God. I mean, we have to, we're the defenders of the faith by, by knowing the truth. Because I'm telling you, cults are going rampant all over the world. Believe it or not, and that's what, like I just said from that, that cult from Korea, this is the target of many nations all over the world that are sending their people over here to the United States so that they can pervert the truth and bring the United States down. I'm telling you, I mean, this is, we're living in the last days. And who's going to be the ones that are going to be the defenders of the faith? It's going to be the church. It's going to be you. And you have to be the ones to know the truth. So going on with what Paul is telling Timothy here, continuing on in these perilous times, these last days, the Christians, the church will be attacked. You're going to be attacked for your faith. You're going to be accused. And, and we might not be able to live this Christian life in the near future comfortably as we think we should. But you know what? That's good. Because what happens in any time a Christian goes to persecution and he's attacked, he gets closer to God. Every time that you're going through a tough time, you know what you do? You start praying, right? Every time that difficulty happens, you say, Lord, help me. Because no longer are you resting on your own abilities and your own prosperity and your own good looks. You're saying, Lord, I need your help. 
And that's, what, that, that's, that's the good thing about perilous times, and that's why we need to be prepared for it. So we are living in dangerous times because, we are in dangerous times because of people's rebellion against God's laws. And that's why, continuing on there, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, lovers, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Now, the word for men is just basically anthropos. That's where we get the word you know, anthropos and human being, male or female. The problem, the reason why we're going to be going through these difficult times is because of men. Men are bad. Men, we're just... Uh, Bad people. We do bad things. I cannot believe that here in, in San Diego, it's really tough that you have nine San Diego police officers that are under investigation for corruption and, and doing bad things. And they went down the list and said, Oh, this is, how can, these are the guys that give you tickets and these are the guys that are enforcing the law and these are the guys that you think that, I mean, not all police officers are that way. Most of them are, are good and honest and reliable and hardworking, and, and they're committed to serving you. But there have been an increase in terrible things that, uh, that people under the color of authority are doing. So, because men will be lovers of themselves. Now, this is really important to note that they're going to be having a form of godliness, but they're denying the power, denying his power, and from such people, turn away. And the word for turn away is apotrepo. Say that with me. Apotrepo. It means to shun and to avoid these people. Shun them. You know, a lot of times young people will say, hey, Dad, can I go out with my friends? And you know that those guys are no good, right? And you tell your children, hey, listen, I don't want you hanging around with that Every time I say the word Joe, hanging around with that one guy, don't do it because that guy is bad news. Parents warn their children because they want to protect their children. You, you, you do that because you love your children. And so they're going to be, what is it here is the word philatos, lovers of themselves. Say that with me, philatos. And it's from two Greek words, philos, it means a, a uh, it's a word we use for love, but in, in Greek it would be more of an affection, uh, of like a, a kiss, and autos from self. So really, literally, lovers themselves are people that kiss themselves. I mean, this is the, the, the kind of world we're going to have, is people just, man, I love myself, and I'm so good, I'm so cool, and, and I'm... Uh, you know, more people need to be like me, and I've got it together, and you don't, and I'm, I'm up here, and you're down here. That's what the world is going to be like, and that's the way it's getting. Philatos, lovers of themselves. You see, the, why, the reason why the church is going through these perilous times and why we're going to be going through difficult times, because of man's inward focus on what I want to do, and you get out of my way, and people are going to run over you in order to get their way. So philatos. Now, the important thing here is that what the Bible teaches is just the opposite. Instead of loving yourself, what does Jesus say? Here in Matthew chapter 22, people came to him and said, Teacher, which is the greatest law? Which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. 
You see, it's not about loving yourself. And this is where our culture gets it wrong. And it doesn't matter what talk show you listen to, people say, well, you've got to love yourself before you love other people. And that's not in the Bible. It's the opposite. It's the complete opposite. You never heard somebody say, just hug yourself. You have nobody to hug. Hug yourself that morning and you feel better. Right? I don't see, I'm a lover of myself already. I already have a problem with trying to get first. I already have a problem with trying, Louis Juarez gets in the way. I got to stop thinking about myself and, and thinking about other people. And so that's why the prescription here for philatos, this disease that man has, is to live for Christ. Amen? Look what, read with me in Galatians 2.20. Read this out loud with me. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is what the cure for philatos is, that self-love is to crucify yourself, to die to yourself. In Roman times, they crucified people. It was a hideous way to die, a hideous way of execution. But they would parade the people that would be executed down the main street. And it was a shameful type of uh, crucifixion where people would be mocking the people that would be going to be crucified. They knew that guy that was carrying the cross would be dead in a couple of hours. And people would mock that person. They would spit on that person. And they would say that person is going to be dead in a little while. Crucified. But you know what? This is the, the incredible thing. The Bible says you need to be crucified. You need to stop loving yourself. You, the prescription for stop loving yourself is, is really to die to whatever you desire and you crave and say, God, I'm going to give you my desires and my cravings. I'm going to stop trying to get my way, but what is, I want to start living for God. So I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. See, you live it by faith. I can't do it on my own. I, I, I want more faith all the time. You know, if you lack faith, you need to ask God, Lord, give me more faith. I, want, I need more faith to live for you. And you know what God is going to do? He's going to open up opportunities, challenges, really. For Okay, you want faith? I'm going to give you some faith. You're going to have to just start depending on me because you're going to see the challenges that come in your life. But that's a good thing. And that's why lowliness of mind, humility. Let nothing, he says here, let nothing, and, and, uh, well, let's look at that. Let's open up our Bibles to first, uh, Philippians chapter 2. We're going to be ending here pretty soon. Philippians chapter 2. Powerful passage. Philippians chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Paul says to the Philippian church, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy, being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of the same mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each of you esteem 
others better than himself. Let each of you look out not for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. The cure for Philatos, loving oneself, is to be crucified with Christ, to die to yourself, and literally, that's, that's the hardest thing to do for anybody, to say, you know what, I'm going to go hungry today so that somebody else can eat. I'm going to give up my position here in this line here so that somebody else can go before me. And whatever it is in our life that we think that we, well, how can I lower my, humble myself? It's be more Christ-like. And that's why Scripture is saying, so important here is that in dangerous times we live in, and let's read this verse again, 2 Timothy 2, verse 3 and 2. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. And it goes on and on and on. If any of these characteristics, and we're going to look at them, there's 19 characteristics we're going to look at next week. You say, whoa, Louis, Pastor Louis, how can we do that? I mean, that's 19 hits right here that are, are so terrible. I, I don't know if I can face the music here because it might be talking about me. But you know what? We need to correct these things in our lives. They be holy people for God to get purge our lives of anything that is ungodly and to say, God, I want to be crucified to live for you. No longer do I want to live my life my way for myself. But what can I do? What is the prescription, the cure for philatos here? Because I want to stop loving myself and I want to love God more. How many of you want to love God more? Love your, you know, I want to love myself less, love God more. And I know that the Bible has the answer. Next week, you're going to see this. And read these verses here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, because as you go through them, you're going to see what a heinous group of people that are trying to get into the church in order to corrupt the purity of God's people. And we need to stand firm against them because God wants a pure and holy church. And you are the church. We are the people of God that God is saying, I'm building you up to become a holy nation because I'm coming quickly. Are you ready? Okay, amen. Well, all right, well, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for how powerful your word is here. You've given us the answer, and the remedy is through the blood of Christ. And Lord, because you were crucified, you died, you were buried, and you rose again on the third day. We know that we have victory in Jesus because of your promises that you said you'd give life to all those who seek you and to come in your name. And I pray, Lord, that if this morning there's anybody here that is struggling, that is just having a difficult time in their Christian life, or if anybody has not received Christ, today they would just get prayer and they would say, yes, I need help. If you're here this morning with your head bowed and eyes closed, you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need a Savior. And I invite you into my heart, Jesus. I believe that you did die, that you were buried, that you rose again on the third day, and that your blood that was shed at Calvary washes away all my sin. Lord, I need above all a, a cure for the way my life has been going. And I know that it is rooted, really, 
in your son. And I pray that this morning that you would change my heart, change my thinking, change my attitude, change my, the things that I do. And I want to start living for God, which means I need to die to myself first. And Lord, I see that these last days are approaching and that we're in these last days and very soon before you do return, that I want to be a holy man of God, a holy woman of God, ready to be useful to the master, a vessel that is clean, purified, used in an honorable role. Thank you, God, for all you've done. You've given me life and liberty in Christ. You've given me this opportunity in this free nation to proclaim your truth until the day you return. And I pray that I'll be found serving you with all my heart and all God's people said.